There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with a stunning template, use it as a springboard for your design, add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from the massive media library. It's easy to wow any audience with Canva presentations. Canva presentations are perfect for any deck you want to design for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can nail their presentation with Canva presentations. Perfect, record, and share a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. You'll appear in a video as a talking head on the slide, and it's the perfect solution if you can't be present in person or if time zones are tricky. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh! It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken, Mm. pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay! With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina chicken menu at Taco Bell. Look, man. Where? Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, my. Bowen, look over there. Wow, is that Ooh. culture? Oh, yes. My goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. Well, we just talked about how it's going to be a heavy cult episode. I think we are saturated mm-hmm. to the point of crystallization i'm bloating with cult absolutely i think you put a little seed crystal in Mm -hmm. the whole beaker turns into solid crystal a lattice do you think my face looks fat with cult absolutely i think you are oh what's the word a birthday boy a birthday boy oh you guys um it's it's matt's birthday today on on this day of recording yeah march Mm. 5th it's the 5th of march march 5th 2018 but this will be released on the march of 7th absolutely um matt how does it feel to be 28 um today has been a day of ups and downs okay mostly because of all the culture that's happening and culture will always take you up and take you down i think this is our number one most cultured guest that we've had and in fact so cultured that it is in their job title absolutely let's go through the credits bitch. and we in fact have also let and this is another credit yeah we, we've deemed this person so one of such cultural expertise one that they were a judge on our culture war absolutely and they were the essential force yes 
the essential locus of that judging panel. Because then you had Michelle Collins and Joel Kimbuster who are just goof f- loose cannons. Really just goof-offs. But this person just legitimized the whole affair, I would Absolutely. say. I would say that they brought the gravitas. Absolutely. Let's, and it's rule number 74 of culture. culture. You, you gotta, gotta bring, bring the, the gravitas. gravitas. Let's go through the credits. He is the culture editor at Esquire. You ever heard of it, bitch? Bitch. Esquire, I was like... Love GQ, but I was always an Esquire boy in my teens. Wow, controversial. And then in college, we refused to subscribe to GQ. I do love GQ. Gotta say I love GQ. But Esquire was... You don't gotta say it. Well, I gotta say it. But um, Esquire was the one that we got every, every month. I feel that they both, like... Talk about being really stylish, but Esquire is really stylish. But Esquire actually came out with like the the actual pr- primers, primers, what, however you want to pronounce it, on Pre-may. style. Primes. Um, culture editor at Esquire. Mm-hmm. He is also, um, as you mentioned, former judge at Culture. Yes. Perhaps future judge at Culture. Wow, if we do another installment, he'll returning. Maybe he'll. Maybe we'll. Maybe we'll ask him back. Maybe. Maybe. Um, and also, we'll see how this goes. You loved him. I loved him in uh, the Seminal web series. Seminal. Disappointing gay best friend. Because he, he taught us that there are other models of gay best friendship. Yeah, you don't have to be supportive. You don't have to be supportive. You can just be like, no, let's stay in. Nope. Which I, we, I for real and appreciate this because, yeah. no, we, we'll get into this. Because this was around the same time as like um, that great guy at Second City who did all the... Um, what? What? What are you doing? That guy who was... You just need that. Uh, what was that? The Shakespeare. That uh, they're just like uh, like the the gay best friend, basically. Yeah. Okay. But this he was the, he was the perfect counterweight. I love it to our guest. So please welcome Tyler, Tyler Coates. Coates. Thank you. Hi Tyler. I'm so excited to be here. Do you feel like there is a heavy expectation now that we've called you our most cultured guest? Yeah, I do feel a little. Uh, that's okay. That's I don't okay. Know. Cards are stacked against me either way. We'll see no. how they fall. I don't know. I think the cards are stacked perfectly. Perfectly. Okay. <laughs> it's a full house. It's a full house. Yeah. It's a full house. Do you know poker? Because we don't. No. Okay. You speak no, for I me don't. like, do you? and you sound very stupid when you say that I don't know poker. Honey, do you know poker? I did at one time there you when go. I was doing my straight <laughs> drag in high school. <laughs> like uh, Texas Hold'em? Yep. Like Texas, Texas Hold'em. Hold'em. I even have a poker set. Oh. Wow. Deep in the annals of my room somewhere. Okay, chips, deep in the annals. The chips will fall. Um, Tyler, <laughs> what was your, what would you say was your most you know, cishet performative oh, element as a boy growing up in Virginia? Virginia, very tiny town in Virginia. Um, I don't know, like Dave Matthews Band? Oh, oh that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I don't know. When I was in high school, no one liked, they thought it was too weird. Because I feel like, <laughs> I, I feel like the Dave Matthews Band ship, the window was very small. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, it was, I don't know, I would, I would say it was like early to late 90s. Yeah, and I then, really like that one song. You got your ball, you got your chain tied to me, up again. I kind of think that's kind of beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. Crashing La- to me is that yeah, Lady Bird just legitimized it. <gasps> there you go. Wait, was it a? There it was, was Lady Bird. It was, yeah. de- it was deeply in yeah. Lady Bird. Yes, deeply. so much so that I hope that if she had won the Oscar, they would have just played that. With the orchestra, <laughs> that uh, as she crashed walks into yeah. me, as she walks up, crash into me, as yep. she leaves, cry me a river. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Actually, I think I read this that she had to ask permission. Oh yeah, Greta. of everyone that she used their music, and yeah. she she published her letters that she had written to all of them. I saw the one about Justin Timberlake, and then there was another one. I think maybe it was Alanis Morissette. I could be making that. Someone, up. some, yeah, a female yeah. artist. It was. Um, but Dave Matthews Band. 
I feel like yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I feel and like, like you a lot flew of like Leonard skit, like classic rock shit. Okay, right, sure, right, sure. Right. We all yeah. did that. Yeah. When I was on like the cross country bus to track meets, um, they would all listen to. You know, actually, this is pretty queer. They listened to Bohemian Rhapsody on mm-hmm. repeat. Um. And I felt like a part of it. And But it was all these straight men, like, screaming it. And I was like, there's something deeply gay about this. And right. I don't just mean all the men, like, or young men orgasmically screaming together to, yeah. like, a, what is really a pop hook. Yeah. There was something else going on. Got and it. it was Queen. It was Freddie. It was Queen. Yeah. I want to say that I put out... I put out a little feeler in my in my Facebook group for my high school reunion. I said, "Who's gay now?" <laughs> yeah, I saw you post this. No one responded. Yeah, that's because they're still ashamed. I even <laughs> went to the Facebook group <laughs> to see because I saw that and yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing except for Robbie Craddock. But he commented, "Was then, still am now." LOL. Uh-huh. And I was like, "High five, Robbie." Uh-huh. Um, we never really crossed paths that much, but Robbie is out there. Maybe at the reunion. Here's the thing. Our class president is nowhere to be found. Oh my God. Zach Glenn. I hope he's doing okay. I mm. genuinely hope he's doing okay. Um, but no one can reach out to him. So then these people are just very haphazardly planning it for like, like someone put up a poll that was like, what, what months work? August, April, like oh. these months that I would never be home for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why you never, that is not going to happen. This you, reunion's not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> no. I feel like they have to ha- be legitimized by the class president mm-hmm. organizing, and they have to be like around Thanksgiving or Christmas. Yeah. And so I, I just don't think it's going to happen. And then I saw one thing where it was like, let's do a picnic in the summer, and if for those of us who have kids to bring our kids, and I'm oh, like, no. okay, no, I don't, I don't know if I want to go to that then, right? No, no I think the odds <laughs> of me going are sort of 50 50 because my class president was a close friend of mine that i still am friends with sam okay and but i don't know what she's doing if she organizes it if she gets her shit together then i'll go because i know that all my friends will be there right but if it's organized by like who the fuck knows sure then i'm not going yeah. did you did, did you, you go, go to your tenure no no yeah. there wasn't even one i don't know <laughs> I mean, you were not in touch with it. No, I mean, well, I grew up in a very, very small town, so most people stay. Got mm. it. Yeah. So, like, you know, I can go home for Christmas and see someone at the food line, and I'll be like, hey, you're okay, cool. Hey, wow, food hey, lion. The food line. The food mm-hmm. line. Lion. The food lion. lion. Yes. I thought you meant the food line, like, you know, the line for the food. <laughs> it's the food lion. You're yeah. lying about it. <laughs> um, where in Virginia? Uh, it's a tiny town called Montrose. Ooh, uh, I love like it. Like 300 people. Oh, oh my shit. parents are both from there, at least. Two grandparents are from there. Like, it's an hour from Richmond, Fredericksburg, mm. to like an hour from anything. So you're one of the first to leave Montrose. I'm the probably city the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My mother went to college an hour away and went right back. I so, see. Oh, well, yeah. see, it reminds me of the song Merry Go Round by Casey Musgraves. Absolutely. Mm. Um, You know. Go on, and sing just, it. Mama's hooked on Mary Kay. <laughs> Brothers hooked on Mary J. Daddy's hooked on Mary two doors down. Yes, keep going. Mary, Mary, quite contrary. We get bored, so we get married. And just like dust, we settle in this town. Finish up the chorus, honey. Come on. <laughs> on this merry, broken, ma- broken, <laughs> merry go round and round and round we go. Where it stops, nobody knows. And it, it ain't going, going down this merry-go-round. This is gorgeous songwriting Beautiful. because that chorus, it feels like it never ends. And that's the whole 
the point of the song. That's the point. I'm sorry. Okay. Are you a Casey fan? I I like a couple of her songs. I had my country phase in in high school. And then I kind of, except for Maren Morris, which we've talked about. Maren Morris, which we talked about. Love Maren. Now, Maren's, I think Maren's doing the crossover thing a little too early. She's doing it. It's too early. It's, yeah. She should have had one more. I don't know. I'm not telling her how to, you know, plan her No, you are. And I think you should. Fine. Okay. I will tell her to lay off the face tune on her Instagram. She's doing a lot of face tune. Too much. Her hair is too short too. Yeah, I like the like length. She should have someone doing that for her who knows what they're yeah, doing. Absolutely, She's clearly doing it herself, which I respect the like authenticity. Sure, she but, to me is like hyper millennial in a way that's like slow it down, slow it down, right, slow it yeah, down. Yeah. Sure, she sure. can't. She's a nineties Mercedes. She's a nineties baby. That's she can't true. do anything about it. That's true. That, but the, what a perfect song. It's that was Bowen song. Yang's number one song played on Spotify. I think it was two my two years in a row. row. <laughs> so that was your number two though, Tyler. I think this year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean. You want to know something? Like, I fully live, got my life to that song. Like, it clicked in my head. Well, the first time I heard it was um, good friends Greg Kozatek and Doug Anderson. We drove down to Philly to do some canvassing for the election. This was literally, this was on my birthday, two days before the election, November 6th, 2016. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Heard it for the first time. I was like, who is this? What an amazing song. And then for the whole week, I mean, for the whole rest of the, the next 48 hours, listen to it on repeat. Election day. I'm like walking over to Littlefield. This... For this fucking show we were doing oh, at Littlefield, oh and just bad memories. blasting that, and I, I remember feeling good, feeling yeah. great because I had like because that tweet came up about remember that tweet that went viral about the the Trump cake that was being willed into Trump oh, Tower yeah, yeah, yeah. about how fucking crazy that Trump bust cake looked, yeah, and I was like, yeah. lol, he's gonna fucking lose. This is gonna feel amazing, yeah. and let me blast Marin fucking Morris in my <laughs> headphones. And um, you that know, was your first mistake. That was my first mistake. <laughs> she <laughs> wasn't even really a Hillary supporter. Oh yeah, because here's the thing: they they had Marin and Casey on a roundtable. <laughs> yeah, you get the country girls together, yeah. they get real. And then just the moderator sort of did them dirty and just brought up the election. And yeah. um, they were like, "Where's Ron Paul?" Well, no, that was Casey Musgraves. <laughs> Casey's yes. like, "Well, the the table goes quiet," and then Casey's like. <laughs> You know, where's Ron Paul when you need him? And they're and like, yeah, 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 where's Ron Paul? And but I, f- I feel like Marin has like sort of been like, I, like she, she's rejected the shut up and sing. Totally. Yeah. Which is great. So like yeah. She's a little bit more outspoken. Yes. She's, she's, who I, she she's will be replacing as the pop crossover. Wow. That's I mean, my, that's my prediction. Okay. As a culture expert. As a culture expert. <laughs> will you, do you have any, any interest in, in, in any editorial about Marin? <laughs> Other than just she needs to work on the face tune. I think that's too much. I think there's a whole think piece in that. I think. And and while I'm happy that she's crossing over, I don't want her to be auto-tuned to, yeah. to, to yeah, Oblivion. Because like, that Zip Zap Zock song she did with what's... Oh my god, what? Zed, 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 Zed. It's called The Middle. The Middle. Yeah, the Middle. I don't like it. It's by Target. It's yeah, by it's Target. Target. And it sounds like you... Just like bought a girl at Target. And oh, that's what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. It's, it, there you it's, go. it's, um, it doesn't have any of her personality no. in it. No. Like her whole album has like so much of her fun personality. Right, like right. I love the song Rich. I love yeah, the song yeah. Sugar. And she's like, I say shit. I'm cool. Yeah. yeah like, and that has yeah. none of it. Yeah. No, you're right. It's, yeah. it's totally sterilized. So I don't want that to be the Marin Morris we get. Got it. Um, okay, fun fun tunes you're listening to now that you want to share? Oh God. Um and not to put you on the you know, I'm putting you on the spot. No, it's fine. I mean, right now I saw Hello Dolly on Friday, so I'm just listening to put uh-huh, on your put Sunday on your clothes. Sunday clothes. <laughs> I might just I might just pull the trigger and just 
by myself, just like a single ticket for the orchestra. It's really good. And it's not like $800 anymore. Right, which is nice. Yeah. And like, I would pay top dollar to see Bernie. And you know yeah. what? I'm like, I was more interested in her than Bette Midler. Okay. So. I've, I've yet to see <laughs> Bernadette on stage on Broadway, so I this need is, to go. This is my seventh time. Really? Yeah. Okay, have you seen her? Yeah, list the other ones. I've seen her in two things. I saw them six times uh, each. Uh, 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 I saw Little Night Music when yeah. I first moved to New York. Uh -huh. I... Still had my student ID from five years before that didn't have a uh, an expiration date. So I saw her in Little Night Music with Elaine Stritch. Mm. Wow. Two times. Very stressful performance yeah, because, because Elaine just drug that out. Oof. Dang. It was apparently the unions loved her because it was over three hours. <laughs> and so they so, got <laughs> Yeah, they got extra money. Yeah. And then I saw Follies four times. Wow. Which is wow. still like that's my like number one, like the best performance like sure. production I've ever seen. Never seen Follies. To this day. I mean, actually, today. Not to this day. Today, I actually somehow stumbled upon a, a, a like, a filmed version of the... Sunday in the Park? No. no Into the Woods that she was in. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, rented that, I rented that Beatrice from the fucking library. Yeah, I yeah. own it. I own it on Amazon. <laughs> Her stay <laughs> with me is unbelievable. Yeah. It's Her, unbelievable. Yes. Her whole performance. And then you you listen to Meryl or you watch Meryl and you're like, eh, yeah, it's I've, not to that I level. I still have never seen that. I, I refuse. I like it. I mean, yeah. I think there's a lot to like about the movie. It's just not seeing it on right. stage. And none of these will ever be. Right. Yeah, right. Of course not. You know what I mean? Not. Like even like Even like the, the movie musicals now that are just straight up for them like there's no musical version of the greatest showman but you know the musical will be better yeah oh yeah because it'll have like more than four songs right well yeah i mean that yes and also like my thing with the greatest showman is the first two songs are like all sung by kids mm -hmm. oh and um like the thing is with kids on stage, it's like you can watch it because it's like sort of interesting. Like, right. But in a movie, it's like, I don't want to watch these kids sing. Yeah. I don't know who these kids. It's a little grating. <laughs> yeah, but you could tell like the whole time it was like, oh, at, at some point they're going to put this on Broadway. And right. that's almost why this exists. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like a pilot for Broadway. Oh. Exactly. It did feel like that. Mm -hmm. It really did. It really did. Does Frozen, do we think Frozen's going to be better on Of course it is. Frozen? Michael Hartney saw it. He said it was a gag. Although, I'm hearing mixed things. I'm not a f big Frozen fan. Neither am I. I watched it. I got to let, let it, go. it go. I was like, okay. That's basically all you need. Yeah, and I didn't see Olaf, so I have never had that experience. <laughs> you never had the Olaf experience. No. no. Hmm. I, I feel good about it. Yeah, absolutely. What have I missed? What have you missed? You missed uh, a the, cute song. The ending is nice. In summer. I like that song. <laughs> the ending between the sisters, you know, when this, when, when one sister saves Look, the other. You should see it. It's good. Bowen doesn't. He. <gasps> it's not not good. He thinks right. that Tangled is better than yes, Frozen. Absolutely. Tangled. Don't. Culturistas, okay. hear my call. Oh my god. Please. <laughs> so asked and answered. Tweet at us. Excuse me. Tweet at us. Tell us at Los Culturistas if you are a Tangled. Ho, like me out there, tweet at me. Or a frozen slut. Or a frozen slut. Like me, Matt Rogers. <laughs> I'm a frozen slut. And Tyler is... I guess just like an empowered brave fan. Wow. <laughs> no, Gorgeous. Ew. That's different, bad. Different hair colors all around. Yes, no, that's actually blonde and blonde. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> redhead. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, that's, that's kind of perfect. But we all still have to remember that Wreck-It Ralph is one of the best movies of all time. It's not a musical, so I can't give it my full attention. Yeah, okay. that's, that's the difference. I need it to be a musical. I've no. said this before. Like, I can't, I, I don't know. Wreck-It Ralph to me, like, I get, and I don't know. My criticism stands. I think they didn't show enough worlds. 
But see, the thing about Wreck-It Ralph is... <laughs> That's just how I feel. The way that they, like, s- circumnavigated this whole thing of, like, how how are we going to represent all these video game worlds, like, faithfully? Because there's, there's such rabid fan bases mm-hmm. uh, around each of them. Like, you can't put up... Like, you can't, like, peek into a Mario world and be like, whoa, cool, that was satisfying. Right. Like, people are going to find an issue with it. So, they like, they made their own and they played with they they just like mesh them together in a very cool way anyway um i thought like it was it was pretty cool and then i feel like they established like three or four characters in three different three or four different worlds and then they kind of stuck to those and i just wanted to see more yeah like it was pretty cool what they did like like jane lynch's character in that sort of like halo world sure i thought that was awesome call of duty but yeah call of duty yeah i don't <laughs> i'm not a gamer i'm really not um but that was cool and then i felt like we didn't move on from that I think that's the biggest barrier for me for Wreck-It Ralph is I don't care about games. That's Even like old timey games that I grew up with. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't yeah. care about I'm this. feeling, you know, speaking of growing isolated. Up, yes. Speaking of, um, we're going to ask you what we asked every guest, which is what was the culture that influenced you at a young age? It was the culture that made you say, hmm, culture, it might be for me. I'm going to decide to move in a cultural direction with my life. This is pop culture that influences me, Tyler Coates. Mm-hmm. I, I think about this question a lot because I'm a big fan fan of this oh, podcast that's kind so of I say. also think about it uh i have a really like it's the f- thing i can't fucking stop talking about if you look at me on twitter it's cats cats but yes we it's cats. Talk. okay we're gonna talk well, about we'll, let's take a pin in that because cats is uh, uh is an entry point into something else okay okay, okay. so like cats i was like fuck yes everything about this crazy oh, nuts i love it but because i just love musicals and i just love watching people adults do insane things yes. for the delight of other adults mm-hmm. because that show was for grownups. Yeah, which is of course, <laughs> famously. But I was thinking about like I was like obsessed with that stuff um, as a kid and like would go to see anything. And so like an actual formative memory about the culture and how I take it in and think about it and put it back out into the world. When I was in fifth grade, so I have a brother who's six years younger than me, and our my godparents have a daughter who's his same age, and so. They bought tickets to see Beauty and the Beast on Ice. Wow. For my brother, not for me. Whoa. And hmm. so my brother David and their daughter Carrie were going to go together because they're kindergartners and that's the age group that you should be to right, go see course. Beauty and the Beast on Ice. Okay. On Ice, especially. I mean, yeah, debatably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yes, exactly. And so I was crushed. I was furious. And then my brother got sick uh-huh. that morning. And so they were like, Tyler, would you like to go? And I was like, hell yes. <sighs> Let's do it. Let's go to Richmond and experience this great cultural the cosmopolitan yes. center. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to the Coliseum. <laughs> um, so we went, and I was like, I love everything about. I love Beauty and the Beast. It's the best, and all the songs. And you see people skating. To you see a bell. You see a man in a beast costume. You see adults in teacup costumes. Mm-hmm. In fucking, I don't know candelabras and a, and a wardrobe dancing doing all that and i was like this is amazing i can't believe this is so great i've never seen an on ice i've never seen the only it on time. Ice. and i was just like this is the best thing i've ever seen buying a program using my money that was given to me to go buy some merch oh my taking god it home. <laughs> the next day i go to school with my beauty and the beast mm. program mm-hmm. and i'm like hey you guys oh look what i did last night and i get a show and like this how old kid, are you I, fifth grade so like what 11 mm-hmm. yeah this is sure. when it begins this is when it began oh. and this kid dennis was like let me see that i was like oh yeah yeah okay 
but be careful with it. Oh, no. And he grabbed it and he was like, hey, everybody, <gasps> Tyler went to see Beauty and the Beast on Ice like a dumb gay baby. <gasps> a dumb gay baby. And, I, and everyone like laughed and I was like, <gasps> like, shut. I was like, what? Yeah, it was a new world. Just happened. Yeah, you've been gay shamed. And I like grabbed it back and I just remember thinking like, I will not let this stop me from appreciating what I appreciate. Yeah, no. This just means I'll do it on my own. Yes. And no yes. one else is invited. And what I didn't know then was that I will spend the next 12 years of my life doing that until I go to college and meet people who I can be <laughs> friends with based on mutual interests as opposed to neighbors. Okay. So, yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. God. So when did Cats enter the fray? Cats was around the same year. I remember, I feel like we were watching like a, like an after school special type of movie about like i don't know a girl got into crack or something and so she couldn't <laughs> she couldn't sing in her talent show but the song that she was going to sing was memory yeah and so i remember hearing that song and being like what is this the most beautiful song i've ever heard it's beautiful I song. Hear it's pretty it gorgeous over and over again and like i had a friend jeanette who um probably hit puberty in fourth grade so like she was <laughs> predestined to just be awkward and like also love musicals and like only have gay friends. That girl, like, that girl, that girl. She and I like latched onto each other real early and we're yeah. like, the two of us are together forever. Yes. Um, Still she friends? Was, she's in Australia now. She also oh. got out of Montrose. She Good really for her. She got very far away as possible. Um, and so I went home and I was like, I love this song from Cats. What is it? I don't, I, like, my mom was like, oh, I saw Cats once. Like we saw it. It's like people in cat costumes and like, it's like, let's, Buy, let's buy it. How do we see it? What, how do I get it? So we went, we were uh, at the mall in Fredericksburg, the other big city. And I was like, let's go to music land. I saved up my allowance. I'm buying the two tapes. My mother wanted me to the get tapes. the highlights. And I was like, hell no, I'm getting the, <laughs> the full thing. No, we need the whole I don't care if it costs score. $16. I'm going to listen to all of it. And then we got into our van and immediately plugged it in. And like the first song is like batshit if i can crazy yeah and i was like i don't know what this is but i am all in and you know it takes like two hours to get to the one song that i heard but by that time i was like this is all i want mm -hmm. and it's based on poetry by t.s Eliot. like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. adults <laughs> ad he wrote this and then other adults were like this is good content. Wow. Let's make a musical about it with other adults for the enjoyment of adults. Yeah. Wow. And then my mother surprised me with tickets to the national tour in Richmond and we oh. sat in the orchestra. <gasps> I remember when the lights went down mm -hmm. and like we're on the aisle. So like the cats come out. Yeah. And like they turn on their eyes mm -hmm. and scare the shit out of me. Mm. And they were just roaming around and then they go up on stage and then I could only stare at their crotches. <gasps> because yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. like, because it's, you know, the majesty of watching performance, like big performance. Mm -hmm. It's no Disney on Ice. It's like for real. It's for real. It's dancing. With their whole body. With their whole body yeah. and the bodies that I could not stop staring at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's enough. That's the a thing about... The girls and the boys. Right. I was it's very short. confused. By no, that's the thing about... <laughs> especially at that age, it's like... <laughs> When you go to see a Broadway show, you are looking at every crevice of yep. their body. You're like, okay, like at yep. being a now being a performer and like sometimes like performing for people that are a little bit younger. It's like you get off and then you're like, oh wow, me at that age was like really probably looking at the performers like butts the whole yeah. time. Oh yeah, they're I, good butts too. They're good butts, but I mean, you th performer butts, performer butts, cat butts, cat butts. <laughs> I think those are both kind of okay. We have our most cultured guest on the show <laughs> who gave us not one, but two like perfect encapsulations of 
um, I think the platonic ideal of the answer to our question. Wow. Because I think, because I think the whole Disney on Ice story, like yeah, that was wonderful. Full Joseph Campbell arc. I don't know. Um, hero's journey of like, oh my god, like what a beautiful like like <laughs> the queer narrative of beautiful like introduction to this like piece of culture and then you were just roundly shamed right. for it for having the emotional response to a stupidly emotional thing there's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of bubbly bubbly burst refreshing bubbles colorful bottles and playful smiles galore bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible and with no added sugar and low calories there's a lot to smile about each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, it's Bowen, and I want to introduce you to the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Yes, it's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients, great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself the slow-roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. With new menu options like Cantina Chicken Tacos, burritos, and quesadillas, there's something for everyone. And Taco Bell isn't just for a late night, with this new Cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are, well, endless. Try the new Cantina chicken menu at Taco Bell now. Now, I said. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, like, uh, but... but- but I, and all right. the, but it was yeah it was wasn't less real for right oh no no or I whatever. still felt it. Do you think the skating heightened the emotion? Um, maybe. I mean, yeah. Well, I think I I've always had an affinity for like ridiculousness, so mm-hmm. that definitely was like the Beauty and the Beast was like the entry point, and then yeah. I was like, oh, here's another layer that's they're gonna ice dumb. skate. Like, this skate. is. I think I had a recognition where I was like. 
this is really dumb, but yeah. it's so good. It's dragging it's away. so great. Because you got to like, you got to sort of evaluate it at every level of like, wow, this is amazing. This is also really dumb. Right. I love this. Oh, I'm being shamed for it. I'm going to um, put up some defenses against what other people think about right. my love for this. And like, I think this is why I hated the live action one. So oh, you okay. really hated oh, fuck it. Yes. Okay. okay. Keep going. I watched all of it. I did not turn it off because I was like, I'm going to see this shit through. <laughs> it because, gets worse as it goes. Oh, it's a yeah. travesty. Yeah, it it's gets worse. Truly horrific. Um, but what made me so mad about it is like, a, it's not live action. Let's stop lying to ourselves. There you go. It's, it's yeah. just CGI. Mm -hmm. It's still animated. Eighty percent CGI. One person who can't sing or yeah. has no screen presence oh, that's spell well, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you, don't, you also don't think she has any screen presence uh not in that yeah no. sure fair 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 um but like what i wanted <laughs> what i wanted was disney Nights. i wanted to see stupid i want to see kevin klein in a candle costume yeah i want to see emma thompson her face poking out of a giant teacup i wanted those teacups to be too big and human yes. size. Do you think oh, we'll get, like, it's a matter of scale too? For I you. wanted, I wanted to see those <laughs> you actors want a theater. working for it. <gasps> yes, you want a theater because the other thing I loved as a kid was the '85 Alice in Wonderland TV miniseries with Carol Channing is in it. Oh, which is like weird. I've not seen that. Have you ever seen the clip of her singing "Jam Tomorrow, Jam Yesterday"? No. Oh, oh. you like go go on YouTube, pack okay. a lunch, and listen to that pack because lunch. it's insane. Uh, it's just like this. It's a bunch of like. <laughs> vaudevillians like from the like 40s 50s who yeah. then were like like Ringo is in it Sammy Davis Jr. is in it as Whoa. a caterpillar like it's and they're in like full body costumes and that's what you, yeah like that like you see the seams you see the mm -hmm. zippers like that's yeah that's my aesthetic right there like a high nice. school play on film right yeah do you yeah. think we'll get that for lion king you think beyonce will get on all fours i mean i would love that i'm afraid <laughs> you think she'll she nala around i don't no. think that'll happen yeah. i don't think so either um can i just read to everyone um uh, a plot summary of cats <laughs> yeah by... that's what you were digging I mean, up yeah. i was wondering what you were doing over there <laughs> yeah I've been asked to tell the plot of Cats. Okay, and I've so been able to do it. I would love to know. I don't know what the story because is because I because there is a story much to what most people think. Am I making this up? I've seen the film. There's no film. Oh, there's the, no film. The like the great performances. Yes, they yes, filmed yes. it on stage. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. I've seen that and couldn't tell. I mean, this was like you know over a decade ago. Could not tell you a single thing, even after watching yeah, it. I don't mm -hmm. think people go for the story. Okay, so how about how about this? I'll read. I'll read this plot summary written by friend of the show, Branson Reese. Oh, I think I know. Yeah. You, have you seen, seen this? Oh, so yeah. this okay. is going to be tongue in cheek. Well, no, 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 it no. It felt a little, I mean, I read that and I was like, I it's think, a little, I think funny, we should but... have Tyler tell us the story and then see how correctly it lines up. Okay, I mean, I will be very serious about this. Go, please okay, be okay, serious. Okay, please, we want to know the story of cats. You have the floor. So once a year in London, all the cats gather for the Jellicle Ball. Mm -hmm. Yes, I and know about this. there's like, you see like, there's like, uh, a couple of like cat burglars, Mungo Jerry and Rumpel Teaser. You have like a crazy like auntie, like Jenny Annie Dots, who's like <laughs> takes kittens under her wing and like all these Rum Tum Tugger, who's like horny and, and weird about I it. I played him in a sketch. Yes, of course. 
And then you have Grizabella, who was like old bitch, old bitch, but like on her last life. Oh, and God. but she is the glamour cat, and everyone hates her because she used to think her shit didn't sink. But then she got old, and everyone's like, "Yeah, bitch, dang, use the same litter box as the rest of us." Oh my God, that's so. So they're all vying to be the cat that goes to the heavy side lair, which is cat heaven. You get there in a tire. And uh, you get reborn mm-hmm. and you get picked by old Deuteronomy, who's the oldest cat. Yes. And he's like the father figure. And of only the one of them can go. Only one of them can go. Yes. What? But the whole the whole thing is that they all like are sort of performing. It's sort of a reality competition when you think about it, because they're all performing <laughs> to be chosen to be the all star cat. Yes. Okay. I also recently realized it's a lot like a chorus line, except for getting into the show. They're just trying to get into heaven. Okay. Oh, sure. Yeah. Keep sure, going. Sure. So what happens? Totally. <laughs> um, and then, so basically, oh, there's also like the the bad guy in the cavity who's like responsible for, he like kidnaps somebody. And then Mr. Mistopheles, who's a magic cat, he comes and saves the day. Wow. And then Grizabella comes out and she sings memory and everyone is like, oh, wow, you're actually sad. You have feelings. You have an inner life. Yeah. You deserve to go. And so she goes to the heavy side layer <gasps> and everyone's like, that's amazing. And that's the, and that's, that's the, how that's it ends. Plot. That's how it ends. So, yeah. The moral of the story is respect your elders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Know your history. Or know your history. Or know your history. Your feline history. Your feline history. Everyone has inner pain. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so... I don't know. I'll read the brands because it's it's very tongue in cheek and very reductive, and I just want. How did I know? And I want I I want the counterweight to this to be Tyler's wonderfully textured <laughs> synopsis. Okay, let's hear how it measures up. Here's the plot of Cats as best as I Branson can explain it. I'm just going to quote him. So you got a bunch of cats running around up there. Seems simple enough, right? We're in, we're out. Think again, pal. Because this isn't just another night in the alley. An enormous cat has chosen tonight to vaguely announce that he can send a cat to heaven. He never really goes into detail, but the rule seems to be one cat gets to go to heaven regardless of whether or not they're sick. And nobody starts crying. They just take the shit in stride. That's shit in stride. So then, instead of pleading their case for why they deserve to go to heaven when they die, which is tonight, even if they're healthy, they spend an hour introducing themselves to the audience. Um, uh, and I have questions already. Okay, great. That's Act One. Um, why do we believe the big cat when he says he can do this? Because he's old Deuteronomy. He's old you Deuteronomy. Just don't question it. It's, it's wor- also tradition. It's tradition. It's, it's just cat tradition. Oh, okay, so they come to the Jellicle Ball because they know this event is happening. This sort of like reaping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's world building. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> now I now I'm on board. Okay, great. Act Two. You're like strap in. This will probably be all about heaven. And years later, you'll remember thinking that, and it will break your dang heart because nope, three to four more cats just introduce themselves. And then this heaven cat, who, by the way, has done zero magic and has proven nothing, shows back thank up. Thank you, thank you. And you're watching and you're like, here we go, better late than never. But he sort of just moseys around. And then all of a sudden, his skin falls off and the devil jumps out. And so mm-hmm. now you're watching and he throws a firework at somebody and you're like, it was all worth it. Here we go. Here we motherfucking go. But then two cats dance aggressively near him. And so he apologizes and politely leaves. So then two more cats introduce themselves. And then some old woman we've never met... Okay, she is introduced several times. So then that's not true. So we can refute that. Shows up and sings the only song from Cats that you know. And then she goes to heaven. This could have been just the first two tweets. Okay, I... There's something about... Who wrote wrote the book for Cats? Oh, there's no... Well, so T.S. Eliot wrote a collection of poems. He was actually nominated posthumously for a Tony for writing the book. Oh, that's a little... That's a little (laughs) bullshit. That's some bullshit. Okay. (laughs) 
It's mostly just Android Weber's handiwork. Sure. Yeah. And probably cocaine, I assume. So cocaine. Yeah. So that's the challenge here is that this the the musical was limited in its storytelling ability, efficiency, what have you, by the source material. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So then I'm not I don't totally buy Branson's synopsis of that. I don't totally buy Branson. <laughs> okay. Um Hey, listen, Branson, I don't totally wow. buy it. Matt doesn't buy it. I don't know. So I, cause wow, this is really like, again, a counterweight to my, my lifelong perception of cats, which has been like, ugh, crazy, stupid, crazy, shit. crazy, not yeah. even stupid, just like crazy, oh, it's, crazy. It is stupid. It's <laughs> truly <laughs> dumb. Where does the word like, jellical come from? Yeah. What is oh, that? That's just a term that T.S. Eliot made up because they all have three different names. They have their human name. That's like, if you have a cat, you call it like Roy. Right. Buster. But then, yeah, but there is a Buster. Oh really, Christopher Jones? Excuse me. He's like a fancy like. <laughs> they did too much. He's with like it. a tuxedo cat, you know. Wow. Um, so he's fancy. Uh-huh. He's like cat about town. Uh huh. Um, and then so they all have their like names that like their human calls them, but then they have their like cat fellow. Grisabella. Names. Yeah, Grisabella, Rumple Teaser, uh, Bumbel Urina. Rumtum Tugger. Rumtum Tugger. Yes. Um, McCavity. <laughs> is he Mr. actually Sh- the horny one? Rumtum Tugger is he's, actually horny. Yeah, because he like picks women out of the audience to like basically like get he's like the he's the sex appeal of the show i see the externalized like you are supposed to be turned on by him oh okay but he's also just like fussy okay you know (laughs) a fussy a fussy 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 hot horny little cat that's what i don't know he's the guy he's the cat that you want to fuck so he won't give it to you i get it i get it that part i get it's just like real life just like really. Yeah. What about other Andrew Weber? Are you a fan of his? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the day after the election, 2016. That yeah, we remember. Um, obviously, we were so depressed. Uh, I went to work and I was like, I've got to do something about this. And so I spent probably $180 on tickets to see Phantom. Wow. He's like, that is going to be how for I that night to- or what? Yeah, for that night. And I told my boyfriend, John, I was like, he works at home from home in Park Slope. And I was like, Meet me in Times Square. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go to dinner, and we have, we're gonna deal with this in our way. And that's we went beautiful. to see Phantom, and it was fantastic. I've seen Phantom. I do love Phantom. I've seen that's my second time I saw it. The first time I saw it, I had very high expectations that were not met. You can't go in yeah. with with high expectations yeah. because you will after, you will be bored it after is thirty boring. years. Yeah, I but I appreciate Phantom as a whole holistic musical piece. I yeah. appreciate more than most of Andrew Lloyd Webber's right. other work. Jesus Christ Superstar is great. I've never seen. I've never it. seen it either. It's a, some, got some real jams. The television uh, performance of yeah. it will, will be the first time I see it. That, it's good. It's good. Okay. It's like I mean that movie is actually one of the better. I think one film of the better film adaptations. Yeah, because it's just like it's a rock opera. It's just all singing. It's all sure. fun. Everyone's sexy in it. Do you know what we saw, which was like not good? Sunset Boulevard. <gasps> no, I saw it last year. I loved it. You see, loved it was the it? second time I saw it. I see. I saw it as a kid. You saw it in the nineties. Okay, great. I saw it as a kid with Petula Clark. Petula. Ooh, yeah. That's and then fancy. I saw, and then I. For John's birthday, Miss Glenn. <gasps> yeah, we, we saw went for Glenn. my birthday. Yeah. Oh my god, actually, oh, that yeah. was a year ago. That's so funny <laughs> because my boyfriend is a Pisces, like, you oh, yeah, yeah, we were just talking ago. about that. Wow, Pisces boyfriend Pisces. seeing sunset, <laughs> Pisces, baby. So, the, uh, the story that we like to tell was we were in the fucking nosebleeds, okay. yeah, like third mezzanine or really like, yeah. Away. Yeah, yeah, um, and 
funny. Literally the last row. It, it was bad. And we were really far away, but yeah. they were so cheap. They were thirty dollars. Right. And, yeah, so, yeah. and so you're familiar. They're like the stage was tiered. Yeah. Yeah. And it was deconstructed. It was deconstructed yeah. very much. So, um, but Glenn's entrance is from the is from the top tier. Yes. So yeah. her first entrance, we just hear this like roar of applause, and all we see are Glenn Close's feet. No. Just like, and everyone just losing their shit. <laughs> and we're so... in the back like that's her feet. That's like. So and she was wild that yeah. that for that entire show. She's yeah. I mean she's not I mean she's crazy. She was acting with every part I of mean, her body the whole time. I, yeah. pre- I appreciated Glenn Close because she has she's a, amazing. She has a lot to prove because <laughs> she's always like second fiddle to Meryl. Oh, so like sure. she's like fuck at it. Least at, second. Th- at this point she's like, fuck it. I'm going to give you Glenn give Close. Give you what I have. And if you don't like it, deal with it. Go find Meryl Street. Wow. I mean, I would kill to see some sort of dramatization of that of just glenn and meryl crossing paths every i mean now they and made then. like two movies together well totally but yeah, like, but there, like there's some like feud slash wicked situation yeah. there where it's like i want to i want someone to dramatize this. i actually yeah. think the existence In 50 years that'll be a musical it will it yeah. will the existence of meryl has forced all of her contemporaries to do more interesting things more interesting things than I would say that she does. Lately. Yes, absolutely. Wow, I, yeah. think I would she, say I think she phones it in a lot. There you go. She certainly has uh, a mode where she is really acting and right. giving you top tier talent right. for all time, and then a mode where she is doing Meryl Streep, which is always fun. It's great, but very easy for her. But yeah, I think that what the thing that I've noticed with her is that she never works with like really great directors. Hmm. Wow, stretch her. I think that she's found the people that she likes. I mean, that is really interesting. Like, for example, August Osage County. Mm -hmm. Like, what that a great source material. Like a great a three hour fucking masterpiece masterpiece family drama directed by some nobody Mm -hmm. that collects all these people and she can like just hammer way through it and get an Oscar nomination. Yeah, right. It's a Tracy Let's Play. Mm-hmm. Every other Tracy Let's Play that's been made into a movie was directed by William Friedkin, who mm-hmm. is like a psychopath. He uh-huh. did The Exorcist. Yep, he like yep, basically yep. broke Ellen Burson's back. But like yeah. he did Bug, which is fucked up. He did Killer Joe, which is fucked up. Right. He should have done August Osage County. But like she would have never been. worked with him. No, yeah. This is why Tyler is here. <laughs> I live for this shit. Yeah. And I like her. I mean, Sophie's Choice, I think, is like one of the all time best on screen mm-hmm. performances ever ever captured she learned how to speak three languages with a polish accent. her at her best you can't deny her at her best and i like what i'm saying is i think it's great that she eats up as much as she does because i do think it forces specifically sigourney weaver and glenn close to have interesting careers and therefore be trailblazers for other people for example glenn close's first huge film was fatal attraction Mm -hmm. right and that was what made her a household name and that kind of i think literally created right. a subgenre because before that she was playing very similar roles exactly like yeah. had been on broadway won a tony i think had been nominated for oscar before fatal attraction but like that's the one that like oh, right really broke gave it open. her the became her a movie star yeah and sigourney weaver was always weird like they were at yale together they were yale and, like to, yeah, yeah. She, she was always not getting the parts. Like she right. was always playing like this, the weird sister or even the mom right. to like meryl's ingenue which if you think about it is kind of weird but you know Sigourney doing Alien, yeah, creates the female-driven action movie. Which action 
hero. Yeah, yeah sci-fi action hero sci-fi is action even hero. more specific. Yeah, which is so funny. And then because she gets notoriety, she's able to do cool stuff like Working Girl. Right. You know what I mean? And and you know the Ice Storm later, like later on in her yeah, career, yeah, yeah. because she's well known. Gorillas in the Mist. Gorillas yeah. in the Mist, honey. Classic. Don't Classic. ever. It's really Don't culture number night n- number eighty. Don't, Don't tell me Sigourney can't serve you biopic. I was gonna say, and number twenty right after that is okay. Well, first of all, let's repeat that. Don't tell, Don't tell me Sigourney can't serve you biopic. And rule number twenty right after that is Don't, Don't sleep on gorillas, gorillas in the Mist. I slept on. It. I've never seen that. <laughs> You've never seen Gorillas in the Mist. No. I oh, forgot. Wait, I forgot no, no, no. You gotta see Gorillas in the Mist. So I watched Gorillas in the Mist in AP Environmental Science. Okay, that, that's why I didn't see it. And, uh, I, I will say, skip that one. Okay, no, it's good. Skip that class. It's good, and I'm not ruining it because this really happened to Diane Fossey, but. At the end of the movie, like, I didn't know what happened to Diane Fossey. It's very tragic. Wait, it's not Jane Goodall? No, no, oh. no. Jane Goodall lives to this day. Wow. It, in, in Gorillas in the Mist, spoiler she, alert. She dies, right? She gets murdered by poachers who stab her to death while she's sleeping. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah maybe yeah. a gorilla did it. Yeah, but no. no. That would have been a real good twist. <laughs> no, no, no. It I wasn't fr- the gorillas, it was the poachers. A, I have a good friend who is a Coco <laughs> Truther. As a what? Coco Truther? Coco Truther. She thinks that Coco <gasps> killed her uh, oh. cat. All ball. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. A Coco Truth. Yeah. A Coco so she's been like on that for a, many decades. Wow. I'm a Coco Truther now in that I think the animated film is actually live action. Wow. I'm a Coco Truther. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I'm a Coco Truther in that I think it took place um, in Tulum, which is not a real Mexican location because yeah. it's been so industrialized by tourism. Wow. I'm a cocoa truther in that I think that hot chocolate tastes like vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. I think it is beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, wait, just to get back on this, um, you know, these advanced, these advanced actresses, we'll yeah. call them. Advanced. You don't say older. Executive level actresses. Executive level actresses. Because like like advanced style is like is is yeah. what you would call like an old person. An old person yeah, who okay. wears a hat. That's nice. Advanced actresses. Title about advanced actresses. <laughs> because we have an authority. Yeah, sure. Hundred percent. Right? Okay. I'm very down for it. Um, I feel like, oh, this is this is such a throwaway thing, but. Iron Lady Oscar, garbage. Uh, I, garbage Oscar. Yeah, yeah. that's terrible. I should mean, have won for maybe any of the other five adapt- she's been most adaptation, recently. Adaptation. Adaptation. Even if you had given it to her for August Osage County, doubt. Da- Devil. Yeah. Like, Devil Wears Devil Prada. Wears Prada. <laughs> yeah. Probably oh, yeah. first and foremost. Actually, yes. yes. Um, what else? I mean, Into the Woods, I'd rather give her that than fucking Iron Lady. I think that's yeah. literally garbage. Julie and Julia. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like so many other better performances. Even she this year. She carried Julia and Julia. Yeah. She it should just be Julia. Yeah, it should just be Julia. <laughs> she was in Julia too. The movie Julia. <laughs> with Jane Fonda. Oh, wow. Was her first, I think it was her first uh, first movie. Wow. Oh, Manhattan was her first movie. I, I don't know. Julia. It might have been young. Yeah. I, I trust you. I she's, like one, she's like one scene. Right. In Julia. In Julia. Yeah. yeah. And then in Manhattan, she like gets accosted like by Woody scene. Allen. Yeah. Oh my god! Ugh, like many others, like yeah. many others. Um, oh, like Shelley Duvall too, but she was in Annie yeah. Hall. Shelley, Shelley Duvall, Duvall? Was, was in Annie Hall. Yeah, yeah, very briefly. She like she like goes on a date one with of, yeah one of his she's ex- one of his oh, exes. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um. So wait, speaking so much about Meryl and the Oscars, mm-hmm. we should probably discuss last evening. Let's sure. catch up. Let's well, catch up. Well, now several evenings ago, for if you're listening to it on the day of release, but what did we think of the Oscars, folks? Uh, I mean, I thought they were very boring. Very so boring. boring. Very. Pre- I mean, we 
with the exception of Shape of Water, I think everyone knew what was going to win stuff. But wasn't there like, oh, you didn't think Shape of Water was going to win? I I thought it was going to be. I, well, I this was the first year that I thought like the best picture was kind of a toss up. Yeah, like, I didn't. I, agree, I, agree. I didn't think Get Out was going to win, although it should have. It should have. I thought I thought the front runner was going to be three billboards and then i thought maybe dunkirk, dunkirk would be like a weird dark horse yep. yeah like something dunkirk would have like cut through um with the votes being split between all these other right. things yeah, yeah, yeah. and then there was a moment last night when uh dunkirk won best editing mm-hmm. where like that's a precursor several yeah, awards earlier in the evening that are precursors. Which, which, if you really think about it like it was never going to lose those awards but you know that made it seem like oh are, are we headed for this I don't but right, I, yeah. I never thought that was going to happen i also think that it's very tough for a movie sometimes to steamroll the precursors as best picture and still win best picture like i never thought three billboards was gonna right. be the film of the year i kind of get shape of water and also if you think about it in the grand scheme um george severus had a tweet which i really liked which was he quote tweeted someone that said overall it was a really safe best picture choice mm-hmm. and he was like oh yeah i hate when female led horror sci-fi um like thrillers with a uh like unlikely romance directed by a mexican immigrant hate right. best picture when best picture oh it's so safe like it's really kind of cool and especially cool. for a guillermo del toro film to win best, best picture. picture they're so specific and right. he's such a, like an auteur like it's so kind of actually not safe that he won this would ordinarily never really happen i just think because we've been talking about it so much and we all wanted a super alternative choice right yeah right. which is i think like actually something with the world right now is like we're right. all ready to move way past right. what, what everything like sure i mean the oscars bring out the worst in people yeah every year <laughs> truly everyone the next day is an asshole yeah um, and, and in the months in the months yeah, leading yeah, up yeah. to it and like because i think I don't know. I like last year was the first year in like maybe since like 99 where I felt like just a glut of just amazing mm. movies that like spoke to the time, even though they, with the exception of the posts, were not like engineered to. Are like, you talking about just, this year? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. last year. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Where like, and like there were three movies about, uh, there are three movies about poisonous mushrooms being <laughs> like a narrative device. Like <laughs> that's weird. Oh my God. Cause it was the beguiled yeah. and, Phantom Thread, and then Lady Macbeth. <laughs> Poisonous Mushrooms. Phantom Thread, yes. Yeah. Poisonous Mushrooms. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, that in itself is, like, really, really fucking weird. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and just, like, the way that I felt, like, class was shown in many different oh, yeah. uh, films, like, some better than others. And then Get Out, I think, like, was just a phenomenon and, like, what it showed and, like, what it depicted and, like, how well it was received. Right. And I think it everyone's so emotional that everyone was especially emotional about the movies that came out. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's how I felt. Like I just like stopped being so objective about everything and just was like, I love things more often. Yeah. I like things more often because I was just like this appeal. Like I feel something about totally. Exactly. That's and great. I, yeah. I think people can do themselves a favor and do everyone else a favor and just go back to trying to enjoy movies again. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I think this actually started last year when literally the narrative became La La Land is Trump. Right. Yeah. I was like, La La Land is not Trump. No. no and no. La La Land doesn't exist to beat Moonlight. No, okay. No. La La Land was created lovingly and 
very well yeah. by a lot of people who wanted to make this movie musical. And if you have problems with the casting, like go ahead and have that issue. But this movie is not right. Donald Trump. <laughs> well, no, we're yeah, we're putting a lot of external narratives on stuff. Yes, totally. And like trying to create this like weird bifurcated world that doesn't exist. Like totally. it just doesn't exist. Yeah. I yeah. Wow. I mean, I, your whole um, assessment of like all these movies this year. Um, speak like dealing with class in different ways some better than others like totally just occurred to me now which like feels very shallow of me but like yeah ladybird get out mm -hmm. did you see um, the florida project i love the florida, florida project, florida project. Yeah. all of those yeah that's good you know what yeah like this was a year where you really could allow yourself to let any of these films speak to you yeah and like people did really graft on these things like especially on like, especially the three billboards being like right. this is a blah, blah, blah. Like, it's racist it's racist right. yeah. whatever um yeah, i have the mind did you did you tweet this i feel like I'm, i might have read this from you like um yeah i think you tweeted this thing about like three billboards feels very flannery o'connor oh yeah yeah i mean that's because i read a shit ton of flannery o'connor as a, as a I fucking college flannery. student um i feel like yeah three billboard i f saw it as screening and i loved it mm -hmm. like i think what it's prose. It's it's just a huge acting yeah. movie. Like it's stacked. It's a play. Like, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a play that couldn't be performed on stage because right. there's like bombs happening. Um, there's deer. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that deer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and three billboards are really hard to pull off on stage. Yeah. You'd have to pull. It's so big. Strike It'd be them. too big. Yeah. yeah they'd yeah. have to see it off stage. Yeah. They yeah, yeah. do that thing where they point into the audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That. Um, so. Yeah, I think that, like, once I thought about, like, after I was just like, oh, my God, like, the performances were so amazing and, like, so effective, then I was like, oh, there's some weird stuff with how it was written and, like, how it unfolded. And, like, sure. I think, like, they used race as a prop, which was, like, mm -hmm. its biggest problem. Right. Um, and just, like, this sort of sloppy writing that, like, I think you can get away with in a play because you don't. I don't know. There's just, like, so much more sensory that you have to take in all at once. Totally. In a play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when I saw it again the second time, I was like, well, Francis McDormand's great. Sam Rockwell's great. Like, mm -hmm. but it does feel like a bad Flannery O'Connor. Like, sure. As someone who tried to just rip off Flannery O'Connor in oh my college, God. Don't, don't we all like creative writing classes? That's probably what I would have tried to do. Every writer, every creative person has a, a pseudo Southern Gothic phase. I'm just kidding. Um, Matt? Yeah. Uh, I, I, that was a big part of my influences. Yeah, 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 yeah. Southern goths. Yeah. <laughs> I was always writing about Southern goths. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Tampa area girls named Beth who yeah. would really just... Who listened to Simple Plan. Yeah, yeah. Which is not even a goth. <laughs> but goth they girls. thought they were goth. They yeah. thought we exactly. were goth. Exactly. And it's about what you feel about yourself. Yeah. I don't want to deny culture. anyone's truth here. No, exactly. Rule yeah. culture number 91. It's about, about how, how you, you feel, feel about, about yourself. yourself. <laughs> Tyler had this great moment, um, and I just want to congratulate you on this because this feels very aspirational to me. You saw all the Best Picture nominees before they were announced. I, yeah, the first time in years. First time in, yeah. yeah, first time in a long time where you just had seen them all. Yeah. And I, I commend you. And did you have a strong <laughs> favorite? Um, you, you thought Get Out should have won. I, yeah, I think, I mean, it's, I have like my objective favorites and i have like my like i would say that like my top five movies were lady bird get out call me by your name shape of water which really surprised me mm. and then the ones that didn't get nominated were like i Tanya, which i saw twice i and loved, loved it i loved it um a quiet passion which is a cynthia nixon movie about emily oh, dickinson I heard about oh fun, yeah I heard real about fun <laughs> It's a real hoot. Um, it's I watched it twice in a weekend because I was like having a weird weekend, uh -huh. but like it's a it's a real long. It's it's an interesting 
film. Cynthia it's like it's, it's. I've never seen a movie that like shows a creative struggle so intimately and like shows the interiority of a human being in like such a beautiful way. But mm. it's also kind of boring. I will. I'll cop to that. Is it like you is can't it, just like turn it on, and smoke a joint, and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, quiet fashion? Cool. Is it like the hours if it was just Virginia Woolf and then a century before? Yes, actually. <laughs> okay, I love yeah. the hours. I hate the well. I did the hours for fuck that movie. I think you were there oh, for that. Yes, yeah. I did. Oh, yeah. What a good one. To I was do. there for that because I I love the hours when it came out. I was I think in I think a sophomore year. And okay, I drove. To Charlottesville from where I went to school in Harrisonburg, Virginia, uh-huh. to because to see it because it mm. was in Harrisonburg. Wow. And I remember being like, "This is really brilliant and poetic." Well, because I mean, at the time, it was yeah. kind of one of the f- it like it felt very right. sort of it felt very new. Yeah. yeah, and then I watched it again as an adult and was like, "This is like it's a fourteen minute credit sequence." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where you're just watching these women just like run around, and it's also weird because it's like the it takes place just before 9-11. Oh, New York, yeah. So like, it's like the last pre-9-11 New York movie that came out the following... Wow, how like, interesting. Oscar. So That's like, that was weird. Very astute. And so like, by that point, like, even like, in hindsight now, like, talking about the AIDS crisis in that way mm-hmm, in like, yeah. 2001 yeah. was a little, like, weird. To talk about it with that, like, weight and that, like sort of melodrama to oh so watching it now you feel like it's it feels a little anachronistic the yeah. way okay yeah that's actually a really good modern metal performance too i think she's yeah, yeah. she's great at it and she didn't julianne even get nominated Mo- for no, that no no julianne moore is great year. at it and obviously nicole julianne moore was great nicole... in, that, in that way that she was great at the time right like she kind of was given the same performance again and again and again right i i said that darkest hour gary Oldman winning for that was his still alice because who the fuck yeah. saw Still yeah, Alice? I, I refuse to see that movie. No. I won't go. No. That was just engineered to get her an Oscar and like it no one needs to see that. Right, right. Alec Baldwin's in I it. Know, and I, I always remember it as her daughter. Like that Alec Baldwin's yeah. in it. I I feel like we need that and it's just been tried over and over again. Just an engineered movie for a career Oscar for fucking um Annette. Like Yeah. Like they like, try they try every, every year. year. And never it's, I don't think she's ever gonna win. That's so sad. Yeah, it's sad. Kobe Bryant has an Oscar and Annette doesn't. Yeah, They'll give her true. like an honorary, I think. Yeah. yeah like Gina Rollins. At that point. Sure. I mean, I wonder if it feels like it counts for them. Totally. Probably not. <laughs> no. I, I mean, I feel like they really do keep trying with her. Right, they do. I think someday. I think we'll get it. I think, I think she'll hack it. And then I think, she, you know who'll take her place? <laughs> you know who I think is probably never winning? Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Yeah. I knew you were going to say her. Yeah, and then you did too. Yeah. Oh my God. I think, I think, I think she'll... I like, Pass like away Amy with Adams, like fifteen nominations. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. That's, I think she'll we be don't getting. Know that. I think she'll be getting them into her seventies and won't win. Yeah, that's that makes me sad. Or Jessica yeah, but guess Chastain. what? I mean, I would like. Mm, I think she'll win. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. Uh, oh, just a quick thing that I want to circle back on um, with Guillermo. Uh, did not know this. Fun fact: um, f- uh, for the past five years of Best Director wins, four out of the five have been Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, Guillermo, and then Inuritu twice, yeah. and then the um, Gravity Guy. Quaron. Yeah, Quaron. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. No, the, the fifth. Just four out of five, and so oh. but Inuritu won twice. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for, yeah. I always forget he was won twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For for Revenant and for um. Birdman. Yeah. Oh my God. I did yeah. not see the Revenant. I did was not going to have it. I wasn't going that you far. You saw the Revenant. You know <laughs> right, right, right. He I sleeps mean, in a bear. It's like, you that's all you need. I will Tom say Hardy this. grumbles. Right. 
Get Out winning best screenplay, that might have been enough. I th- I guess I would have loved it if it won. We all would have loved it. Yeah, I know. We all would have loved it. But it being it having that many nominations on top of being such a phenomenon, and the fact that it won best original screenplay, it has that forever. And I think that that is just a really good example of the Academy Awards getting it right, right. because that was in every sense of the word the best original screenplay right, yeah that's like we have never seen award it before too. Yes. like that's the meaningful award i think i think so it's yeah. an award that rewards intelligence yes yeah yeah i mean and from every standpoint it's just like that should go down in history yeah and i also think that's it's i don't know maybe it's because that's what i went to college for but like i have such a respect for someone that can put something so amazing into that art form like mm-hmm. and it really is so hard to do and then there's so many moving pieces and also the fact that he directs it produces it and writes it and was still so clearly able to see his vision through yeah, like right. sometimes you can drive yourself crazy oh on, God, right. on a project like that artistically and the fact that he was so focused and so disciplined um in every respect that that script worked as well as it did yeah. like it's just amazing because guess what like greta gerwig um I thought that, that was an amazing script and that mm-hmm. would have been my second choice, but she will write more movies oh, like yeah. that. And oh, yeah. perhaps, perhaps her work is her greatest work is still ahead of her. In right. fact, I bet it is. I think that Jordan Peele, like not to say that we won't see more amazing work for him, but I do believe that get out will be a strong part of his legacy. Right. Of course. Oh, yeah. And I think that it's right that he won an Oscar for it because my thing with Oscars, and I always say this is, could it have been done by anyone else as well? Right. right. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know that Get Out is accomplished as well by anyone else at any other point in their career than Jordan Peele right now for this moment. Right. Gorgeous. Um, I will say that because um, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure the screenplay's out there somewhere. I just I have to read the No, fr- no, no. Y- you can read it. Yeah. Oh, I'm you sure, know yeah, who yeah. posted it? Nathaniel. I know. Oh, if right. you go on the film experience, oh. Nathaniel Rogers uh-huh. for the filmexperience.net, we'll give him another plug here. And by the way, the film bitch awards are underway. They're underway, honey. Um, but uh he sometimes does like anatomy of a scene. Right. Like some something like that, and he breaks down a scene and he, he specifically talked about the scene in Get Out, which is them getting pulled over. Mm, right. And her conversation with the police officer. About how she wants to avoid being, you know, yes, tracked. And yeah. how it works has to work several different ways yeah in order to work as as a scene Mm -hmm. because on rewatch value you have to you understand that she's panicking because there's a cop this is all gonna happen and also it's a performance and it's a performance on top of a performance etc but he links to the full script oh great so you can read it well because you know why i have to read the fruit loop scene the way it's written yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, that's another thing is it's like i think that's one of the most iconic I, I mean, I'm using that term like it's pronounced like nilly. Iconic. I'm using that term willy nilly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just what an amazing scene. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if Greta Gerwig, I don't think she feels super sad. No, I mean, no. she, I mean, did you see the clip of her like being like, I love him towards uh, Guillermo del Toro? Like, yeah. she, oh, yeah. She seems like, I think she's excited to like be a part of that yeah. conversation yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, that and was also cool when, she, I, I mean, when Emma Stone was like, these four men and Greta Gerwig did right. such an amazing, and then everyone right. was applauding. I mean, I think that it was a night celebrating Greta Gerwig in many ways. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. It's it's historic. Yeah. Fifth fifth woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Big, big deal. And, and there will be more. In the Sacramento Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> SCU, baby. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, okay, so I wanted to bring up the other big item of the day. Oh, yeah. Which was RuPaul was asked if he would allow a um, transitioning person, like a male to female individual who was in the process of transitioning to compete on the show as a contestant of RuPaul's Drag Race. And he kind of said no, because, you know, th then it's not actually drag. It's, like, not sub it's no longer subversive. Right. right and yeah. so then he got a lot of flack about that. And so he doubled down in a tweet that said, you know, you can use performance enhancing drugs and still be an athlete. You just can't compete in the Olympics. He, the show inherently is one that evolves a lot, but, and, and RuPaul himself has a lot of like inconsistencies about what the show means. Like yeah. the joke about like, it's not RuPaul's best friends. Like, race. Yeah. like you uh -huh. don't, and no one goes home with a participation's trophy, but like literally everyone does. Everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone does. That's so funny. Um, and so stuff like that, like, you know, it shouldn't matter. And like, I don't know. It's so, it's interesting because it does bring, I don't know, like the, emo I think, the, because I was like very late convert to Drag Race, I started watching right. last season, and you wrote um, a great piece in I, it, about yeah, it. Yeah, I wrote like I wrote about how I watched all, all of it, of it mm -hmm. because I watched like one episode and I was like, "This is actually great." Yeah, um, and like appreciated it in a way that like because I was so turned off by drag and drag performance because it like made me uncomfortable in a live like, setting. Yeah, 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 from like when I was like coming out and was like yeah. weird about it. Right. Um, but what I got out of it, and I think what I get out of like Queer Eye is that it like makes you feel vulnerable and makes you feel okay being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the major like inconsistency there is that like he's being tested now himself by these like ideals of a changing generation, yes. which he's like, like, look, like he came up in a time when like you had to be fucking hardened and like, mm -hmm. a, yeah. you know, a workhorse and not just to like break through in the way that he did, but he was also doing it when like people were dying. Yeah. So like he's yeah. coming it from, from this place. I assume I can only project that he's like, why are you not being like tougher about this? Like find yeah, your totally. own way. I've heard him say, I've been on the front lines. I've heard him right. very defensively say on Marin. He said that right. um, and he said it on his own podcast, like a couple of times when right. Michelle, which you can't really argue. No, look, I don't, I think that, that and that's what I kind of what I'm saying is it's right. like I just hope this leads to a productive conversation totally. and not one that's like, you know what? Fuck RuPaul. Look, right. Um I think there yes, I agree with you. There's there's so much room for compassion here. People are getting very inflamed. Charlene, um who's a um Brooklyn drag performer, trans mm. uh, as well. Um wrote this long long post about how she was getting worried that her comments, like her knee-jerk reaction to the whole thing was like really just like angry. And yeah. then she was like, but wait a minute, I just actually want to contextualize all of this because I love Rue. I, this is, this is very disappointing and that's why I'm reacting this way. Right. And, and she, and she went into how when Rue was coming up late eighties, early nineties, um, the, the sort of lifestyle was very hermetic. You, you just had to be, you had to just basically sit alone indoors for the entire, like mm -hmm. just the entire day when, when, when daylight was out yeah. just with like a fucking towel wrapped around your head and giant sunglasses. And you just had to like basically hide from the world. Right. And the mm -hmm. only time you felt seen or appreciated was when you would go out at night 
wear big fucking hair looking like fucking fabulous. Yeah. And so it just, it what internalizes is this like this very precious. Yes. Valuation of what drag is. Yeah. And for Rue, like right now seeing these things sort of be sort of opened up. She probably sees this. As, she sees it as like a Pandora's box thing, where it's like, right. wait, actually, let me just like contain this right. back to what I know, and contain this into like a mental model of what I know drag is. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's why Rue is responding this way. And I understand it, but I also, it also makes me upset and it disappoints me. Yeah. So everyone should read um, Charlene. It, that's just her Facebook name. Um, read that. Read this little post that she wrote. Um, it's very, very, very balanced on all sides. I think. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 disappointing. Yeah. It's it's a it's a tough one. It's tough. It's a tough one. Because also it's like you know, at the heart of it is like Rue I think wants to celebrate like <laughs> like fun and frivolity right. and right. like yeah. throwing off these chains and it's like but at the end of the day You're like still, there chains are, are being thrown at other people. Yes. Yeah. Tough totally. questions of identity right. and then people I, I don't blame anyone that's going to feel um, hurt or disrespected or cast aside when that's happened their whole fucking life. And that's that's as, that's as if to say like you couldn't intersect it fun frivolity with a trans performer or with a female cis female drag performer on the show like fucking Peppermint. Like mm-hmm. she specifically talks about Peppermint in the Guardian article and right. talks about like the breasts forming and that's when it gets weird. It's well, like she literally where, like talks about her physical body. Right. Well, that's where Rue sort of like right. doesn't understand what trans transition right because then it's becoming like the a post-op thing yeah, yeah and like looking only at the surface level exactly like not with the interiority that like i think he's missing exactly and understanding the humanity behind it are you watching <laughs> the season i am yeah um hey. we're, we're at that point now where it's like i don't because well that's so i appreciated in your last recap actually how much like the show what i don't like about all stars 3 i loved all stars 2 i thought it was like some of the strongest fucking thing like yep. But like this is too, it seems very obvious to me. I mean, last week obviously was like the curveball, yeah, which I think was dumb. But whatever. Um, which is Bendela. Yeah, I'm just yeah. like, get over it. Like, just, <laughs> you, I get if you're tired, then you're tired. But just like, don't make it. I don't know. You've got two whatever. more weeks of this anyway. Also, fucking don't. <laughs> Morgan McMichael's give me a break. Come on, for she sure. threw uh, a grenade back in the competition. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, also, it's just like I know who's like we. I can tell who's going to win because I can see like the talent on display. Yeah. Um, who is that? I think it's Shangela. Uh-huh. You think Shangela's going to win? I think gonna win. Gonna win. That's who I'm like. I mean, I was like, okay, are we just going to watch Shangela and Ben like win every fucking week? Mm-hmm. And like, where's the drama in that? And like, but I don't want the manufactured drama of a reality show where they have to bicker and fight to like play mind games to knock each other out. It's, I would just rather see. RuPaul say, you go, you yes, stay. Yes, 100%. It's so mind-gamey, and yeah. I don't care for them strategizing. I, it didn't feel that way with All-Stars 2. No, because, I mean, the It beast, felt merit-based. It right. felt merit-based. I, I think maybe because there were more factions. There was, like, one specific faction totally. with All-Stars 2 that carried over from that season originally. Right, right, right. Um, but I ultimately thought, like, you could see, like, people were succeeding because they were great. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. It was, like clear redemption arcs clear 
victory arcs, mm -hmm. consistency, whatever. I liked the first half of the season because it did feel merit-based. Like, yeah. Morgan leaving first, I thought was definitely right. right. Then Thorgy, yeah, sorry, you didn't, then it milk. was fine. Yeah. Right. Then milk, definitely. Like it was your time. I mean, I will say, Chichi, I, bye. Want, I just before I just want to say about milk. I want the unearned confidence of, <gasps> of that. Don't we you know? all to not only just think that I'm the shit, but also blame others for when I'm an asshole. Yeah, it comes, <laughs> like I want to yeah. be able to tell someone who's like. How dare you not let me know I was being an asshole? That, 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 that's the issue. That's yeah. just when she said, I, "That is fuck." I feel like I've gotten the shaft here yeah. by not being told I'm an asshole. When she <laughs> said, "I feel like Alexis Michelle," when ever they let her walk out in that outfit, it's like, wow, this is the kind of person who watched that episode and saw Alexis Michelle in that episode and was like, "I identify with her. Ugh. I'm on her side." Like, no. Yeah. 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 Or saw like, that. Can you imagine watching that and being like, Alexis is right. They should have told her <laughs> to wear a better outfit on the runway so she could have won the challenge. Right. It's, I don't think it's Milk necessarily processing processing that that way. I think Milk saw that episode of Untucked um, and then was like, wow, Alexis is fucking crazy. I'm not like that. And then going on All Stars 3 and being just like that. Being exactly right. yeah. like that. Okay, yeah, that's probably even worse. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that confidence comes from being so attractive as a man. Yeah. Oh, I sat next to Milk at Cats. Just to bring it back. <laughs> Just to bring it Just back. Just to bring to it back. That's too much. <laughs> that is too much. Wow. Gorgeous. I mean, it's full circle. It yeah. goes back to Cats. Milk would be a great... There you go. Although he can't necessarily move sexy. He no, can model he and be goofy. I thought Milk was actually really good. Milk in was the, great in season in six. The, oh, in, in the, in the, the Kitty Girls Challenge? Kitty Girls Challenge. I mean, the, yeah, but still, I mean, I'm that's a low joking, bar for me. I don't know. It wasn't enough for you. It wasn't enough for you. Yeah, no. I mean, I get it. it wasn't I'm just enough like over either. the text that he does, and I'm just like, I don't care. Well, that's the thing. The is crying like, was so funny. God, So funny. But milk is like just is I, I was saying like is always like 70% there with what I think he's trying to achieve mm -hmm. and you and never never follows through all the way because you're like wait am I enjoying this because he's nice to look at I don't know that seems very shallow. Um, but that's also one of the reasons why it is enjoyable. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they know yeah. what they're doing. Right. Like it. that's why when it comes down to like you know milk and someone else that's like less appealing like but, even as a personality they could come out there and give a better drag performance but if they're a less appealing reality show contestant on a reality show that does matter and that's i think like i actually had a tweet i was like wait you guys haven't watched drag race drag is for hot male models <laughs> like because that's honestly how it feels sometimes okay like w like when they cast the show it's like if Pearl was uglier than he is as a boy, oh, yeah. he I would mean, not Pearl... have been in the top three, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. And <laughs> if you don't admit that, you are fucking crazy. Yeah. Milk, the problem I have with Milk is that he knows he's so pretty, but, like, tries to show off that he is, like... Quirky. Awkward, like, ugly side. It's a very Anna Kendrick thing. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, look at my gap teeth, look at my big nose. And it's like, no. No. Like, I want like some of my favorite like Katya is one of my I think Katya is like one of the most stunning she's fucking yes. gorgeous beautiful yeah. people in the world and like as a boy attractive Handsome, yeah. but like not like 
milk like if milk were to be katya like that would be like insane yeah but instead yeah, it's he's funny like how that doesn't transfer let me just put trash on my face and i'm a model <laughs> yeah, right. like, i'm editorial and it's like i don't care like be something interesting i don't know like don't be interesting just be good at it and i don't need it it feels forced it feels like I don't know. Because even when Milk came out in that glamour look, like he wasn't a gorgeous woman. No. You know what I mean? Like no. some like Katya comes out and if Katya wanted to look like glamorous fish, right. she could. Absolutely. Like Katya's gorgeous. Right. But like I mean, like Alyssa. I think Alyssa's oh, great. Stunning. Yes. Like a, the perfect fucking package because she's also crazy. crazy. And also I don't know if you've like you know, you guys aren't Real Housewives. I love Real Housewives. I'm a new sort of. I'm a neophyte. When I started watching Dallas, I understood. Okay, Dallas Alyssa I haven't Edwards. watched. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's the reference point. <gasps> it's rich Dallas bitches. Yeah, she says all, rich white women. It is. It like it made me understand what Alyssa Edwards. Is. Yeah, like 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 literally like the it's just like a real, Dallas. Yeah, it's like wrong. Like all like <laughs> new money, but new Dallas money. So like they're all carnies and. Yeah, former cheerleaders who are like really married into it and like are desperate to keep it. Right. That's why I like Real Housewives. During it's new money, new yeah. money. During All Stars two, when they did the pants challenge, Alyssa Edwards came out and she goes, "I'm giving you rich white woman," <laughs> like, <laughs> which is just so funny for her yeah. to say, "I'm giving you rich, rich white, white woman,", woman. Yeah. like as if she's been dressing up like something else the whole time. Like this is a rich white woman. It's subdued. You'd yeah. invite this one to a party yeah, during yeah. the daytime. She's there to greet you, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, daytime Melissa. That's what it was. Daytime, daytime Melissa. Melissa. But she couldn't know. She didn't know that's what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa Edwards for all time. Where is that reality show? Oh, I God. know. They said World of Wonder, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be like an online thing. Dang. No, I say air. Put it on logo. There's no programming. There. I say absolutely <laughs> put it on logo. Yeah. yeah. I say literally make logo for drag what like Bravo is for the Real Housewives. Yeah, like, put I would be fine everything with that. on yeah. it. Like you want to put Drag Race on VH1, sure. Let that be its own thing. But you know they are kind of trying to like housewives eyes oh yeah where, where they yeah. want it to be on all the time right yeah well it's that's the other thing that season it's the episodes are too long like, i love just, it when they're long but i do too but like it's because i don't love the competition it's like this is a real struggle. oh okay so for season 10 though right. you're gonna be gagged because you've have you heard about yeah, yeah 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 90 minute episodes and then Plus on top untucked. back on television yeah. and, and here's the thing and this is just me yeah and you, you're and you a can imagine no 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 but tyler can relate to this and i'm sure you even can too on some level when i say you this you have my relation stop okay <laughs> so that just means every time there's a 90 minute episode i'm like all right this is 50% more writing I have to do on yeah. this fucking recap. I, that's and true. If we're, and, and, if you, and if we're gonna write for season 10 about the whole two hours, including Untucked, like yeah. that is gonna be a lot of fucking writing. Oh, yeah, I, I'm down with it. Like, it doesn't bother me. I, I will just give a peek yeah. behind the curtain right now. For Drag Race, it doesn't bother me. I love writing about it. I Drag love Race. thinking about it. I love watching it's, it. I would it is, rather yes. it be my job. Right. With Top Model, I want to fucking That's kill myself. Struggle, I want to yeah. bash my head into the wall. It's a I terrible hate show. I mean, there's this show. There's nothing worse than recapping a show that you hate. Yeah, like, and and usually that's why I don't like to recap because I usually hate. Shows. What, what? Okay, give us give us an I example. I did some. Why? Well. This is an unfair example. I recap looking the first season, okay. which I turned in like 2,000 words for every 30 Yeah, I get it. Because wow. I was, I had, you had things to say. I had things to say <laughs> about <laughs> representation yes. and uh, interest. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, which looking back, I'm like, I was probably a little too hard on that 
bullshit show. Like, I think about that all the time, but cares. I think it's important to do too right. much in those things. But like, I was just like, this is, but what I learned from looking, and I, I think I actually wrote a piece about this, is like, I don't need looking mm-hmm. the way that I thought I needed it, yeah. like maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. By the time I got a show that was about a boring white gay man mm-hmm. who like, isn't having the sex that he wants to be having. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I don't need this. Yeah, because no. I found I've spent my entire life like identifying myself in other people. Totally. Yeah. So it's I easier. Yeah. Did not need a mirror reflected on me because to just remind me that I'm boring. That's part of. <laughs> That's all it was. Totally. And this is something that I think people are rightfully bemoaning a little bit with this. Like, I mean, it's great. It's amazing. Just just having that representation and that right. being more widespread. But like. Part of part of the fun of like being a queer person is just grafting your own narrative on things that mm-hmm. just wouldn't normally call for that or normally reference that things that explicitly in your yeah. life. That's interesting. And so I don't know, but it's also great. Like looking probably helped a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? I think- I learned what a bacchanal was because of looking. <laughs> Do you learn what peri peri chicken was? Oh yeah, and peri peri chicken too. Yeah, remember yeah. how that was like uh, insane? Like any t- <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me? You want to make what chicken? I mean, look. Perry, Perry. Looking was... And looking, looking. Did you learn about eating ass from? No, absolutely no. not. But I did learn. <laughs> we both minored in that yeah, in college. Yeah. Anytime I do, <laughs> anytime I, I I treat myself to a little fleet, a little enema, I do think about Jonathan oh God, Groff bending down it. and just letting the water slip down his at his his colon. That scene of him just staring yeah. at the at the yeah, that's pretty iconic. Bottle. I feel like that's like I. There were some educational moments in those uh, in those scenes, and so I appreciate looking for that. But I I also completely understand. You having that, um, you know, writing from that perspective at the time that it was airing, right? And you're sort of my age, you're, 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 yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, you're, you looking back on it, being like, maybe I didn't need it, right? Yeah, I think also because I have regrets about that because I then was like at four parties where Jonathan Groff was around. I was like, <laughs> oh fuck, I can never <laughs> go after. That's how we feel about like Anthony. 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 Yeah. Anthony. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Or and now I'm feeling a little self-conscious about all the queer guys because they're all on, they're always on their stories now being like, hey, guys, don't don't be a hater, et cetera, right. et cetera. And I'm just like, oh, are they talking? Like, I feel like they're no, talking here's about the thing. I mean, yeah, First I talk all, too much shit about people and I try to be nice now because it's you never just know. A better, but here's yeah. here's yeah. literally yeah. a struggle I think about lately. Okay. Like the whole center of this podcast mm-hmm. is talking about pop culture mm-hmm. and we are who we are mm-hmm. and Bitches. that means that we're a little bit bitchy there you go. hashtag a little bit bitchy mm-hmm. um but also like you gotta be and also it's all for fun it comes from a lighthearted yeah. place and it comes from a place of love if we talk about anything on this show right. it means we care enough to talk about it right and also of course we're going to talk about queer eye right and of course we're going to have reactions to it so it's not hating. It's just talking about it. And that in and of itself is a celebration of it. However, I do sort of feel sometimes like, oh, man, like I really don't want to be like known as oh, one yeah. of the gays that talks about other things. Like, yeah. I, like and when I was first kind of when I first moved to the city, like what, the first thing I did when I really got to NYU and I was trying to be study journalism is I worked at the NYU newspaper and I would write reviews and features about the things that I saw. Mm. And I was just fucking 19, 20 years old. Right. I didn't know what I was doing, yeah, yeah. but I did know that I'd rather be on the other side of it. I was right. like, I'd rather create the work that people talk about. I don't want to be one of the people talking about it. Right. But now those lines are blurred because I do think it's very creative and I see what's so creative about, you know, 
being a part of someone who talks about culture like i think that you're an artist i think that like i think that what we do is like fun and i think it's creative but it's an interesting place to be because when we did that when we wrote that piece about anthony i kind of i think i was like kind of like depressed for four or five days afterwards and i was kind of thinking like why do i feel this way is it because i feel like um, you're not part of what's going on. Not, not that. It's just that I don't want to be a critical, negative right. person. That's how I felt after culture. I oh. was like, I, felt, I was like, you know what? I also felt a little bad yeah. after culture. Afterwards, I like in the cab ride home. I was just like, was I too mean about some people? Like, because I, I think because I'm not a perform. Like, I, right. I went through my very brief performance phase. It was like, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. like practicing i want to show up be amazing leave and just have everyone salute me as i go out the door gag the kids which weirdly never happened so not at the pit um not at the pit so i was like really excited to do it and then then there was a lot of pressure to like because i was third i had to match joel and then michelle yeah 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 yeah. and then also like we didn't think about that i'm so sorry oh no, no 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 this is all on me and like then just like the structure of the show, like we're running long. So it's like, I got to give you quick. I got to be like, and I was just like, I got to hit a joke at every single time. And I was like, I'm being an asshole. No, no that no, was a no. learning experience yeah. for us yeah. too. We like, yeah. right. we learned so much. Like right. obviously the first half was crazy long right. and we were like, okay, we have to right. just like course correct. I think the next iteration that we do this, mm-hmm. it will, I think we'll streamline things a little bit more. If you'd love, if you'd like to be involved, I think we will get it right this time. I just think, I just think, I just want everyone to always know that La Culturistas are always celebrating and are always positive. And that's what I love about I Don't Think So Honey is even though I Don't Think So Honey is inherently negative, it is also primarily cathartic and celebratory. Yes. And I just want everyone to know that and feel that because I and I think I speak for you as well, want to be someone that makes people feel good. Mm-hmm. And when I, when, when, when the Anthony piece came out and then like later on, we had some friends that like hosted the show right. at UCB where he did monologues at it. And apparently he like mentioned the vulture piece yeah, and like playfully stomped his feet apparently. And like said, he didn't like it. Right. And that made me feel deeply sad i know because, hard. because i don't want anyone to ever feel bad as a About result something of something did. that we've done it's unless they deserve it sure <laughs> yeah unless they've done something actually harmful or, sure, or sure, bad sure, sure, sure. you know what i mean and so that's just i just want to make people feel good all just the time. to and just to go off of that like my first like media experiences or just con- my diet mm-hmm. um in terms of like people commenting on media um, just in, in terms of the way that we think about it now was through like this sort of triumvirate of Tyler Coates, Bobby Finger, Richard Lawson. Oh um, yeah, you mentioned this the other day. Right, like just just like those, like like Sam Taggart and I have talked to you about this, mm-hmm. and Tyler, a lot about how we were just like, just would like meet up and like talk to each other about like, oh my God, those people are so cool because they're talking, they're talking about all these different facets of pop culture in such a way that is like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, sure, it's snarky sometimes, but also, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, a celebration. It's not, like, like you don't reduce that down to, you don't distill that down to being, like, oh, well, they're being negative and mean and rude. Right, right, right. It was this, like, great moment. And so, yeah, sorry to bring sorry to bring that up. I mean, compliment But, but how do you, you think can. about it? Like, do you think about that when you're oh, talking about things? I, yeah, all the time. I mean, I constantly worry. I mean, I think the reason why I was never performing, like, the why, way I performed online, basically, like, I 
wrote in like a voice and a character in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think about that all the time, like how much of myself I'm putting out there. My boyfriend and I talk about it all the time because right. we've known each other for 10 years. We dated years ago in mm. Chicago and he like hated my <laughs> blog post. Like he was just like, why are you friends? You're friends with people on the internet. I'm making air quotes mm. because <laughs> podcasting is a visual medium. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you for reminding everyone. You're welcome. You're welcome. I pay attention. You do. <laughs> yes, you do. And so he was just like, these people aren't your friends. Like, I'm like, well, I, I, I know these people, but I don't know them. And so it was very weird. Um, and then when I moved here, I met people who I'd been internet friends with for a long time. I yeah. think they had expectations about me. I had expectations about them. Even just like becoming a writer professionally, mm-hmm. I like freak out about it all the time. Like if I, I I'm constantly worried there's a conspiracy against me because I've <laughs> uh, like upset people wow. from being like a dickhead 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And like that'll keep me back. Mm-mm. Which is just narcissism, and you know what? That's what it is. <laughs> it's narcissism, and no one thinks about it as I'm much the as the kind you of do. narcissist who thinks everyone's talking shit about him. No. But at least they're talking. At least they're talking. <laughs> like, how fucking dare us think Anthony doesn't like the piece? He actively yeah, doesn't like us. Tan and yeah. Jonathan and Karamo hate me, and Bobby hates me. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> they yeah. couldn't care the fuck no. less. No. They're rolling in it. Yeah. They're also all fucking gorgeous. But like, there is this thing, like you know, if you put something out on the internet like people are absolutely available to like see yes it. they yeah, could yeah. engage with you if they want yeah, it yeah and like they can't like you you see some celebrities like actually clap back at people which is like refreshing in a way mm-hmm. sure um but i don't know it's just like it's it's also like all internet based and so there's no like we strip the humanity out of it it's just like these personas like attacking each other yeah you yeah. know what it is too it's i think some of those people that get clapped back at mm-hmm. by celebrities are asking for that and i feel like none of us are asking for that I mean, we're this, not we're not in this to engage with celebrities right. over this stuff no, no, like no. these trolls online that's right. what i don't want to be roped grouped right. in with like i don't want to be one of these people that's like hmm let me say some <laughs> shitty thing to michelle williams the actress and see if she <laughs> tweets back like let's let's call someone uh heavy online right. and see if they get and upset like can you yeah. imagine <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's um, bad. That's I mean, bad. even when I write profiles of people, I am terrified that they will be like, fuck you. Oh, my God. How dare you misread my entire life? Yeah. Wow. Um, so that's I mean, literally every time I publish one, I'm like, I have like a couple hours until I get panic a attack, response. Panic attack, panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in many ways, that is the most human of endeavors to really <laughs> feel Sorry. Through someone else. <laughs> Who's been your favorite person <laughs> to profile? Um, I wrote about Kyle McLaughlin for the Twin Peaks. <gasps> yes. Which was really fun. I mean, I've never had, I've never spent like two days with someone like, yeah. you know, skinny dipping together or whatever. And like, we learned something. Like, like those, taking ayahuasca. I think that's like on you know? its way out. Yeah. Truly. Well, cause no one can afford it. Um, <laughs> but I did, yeah, I did Kyle McLaughlin. I did Justin Vivian Bond and Kenny Melman when they did Kiki and Herb again. Great. Who like, I mean, I love both of them so much. I love Kiki and Herb so much. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, 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 lo- I wrote a very early profile of her for Flavor Wire. Oh, before, I didn't read that. I remember that one. Before Rock Bottom came out. Wow. So I'm kind of responsible. You are responsible. <laughs> I'm not at all. Everyone thank Tyler for Bridget Everett. Um, <laughs> I loved your New York, because didn't you open the Kyle McLaughlin profile with like him just greeting people? Yeah. He, I, was, I was meeting him at Soho House. And so I was like, well, that's funny already because I'm going to Solo House. Yeah. Good for you. I was like waiting outside because it was early and he texted me just like an emoji, like a a smiley, like crying face emoji and like a thumbs up. I was like, I'm on my way. He like thumbs up me. And I was like, 
Kamagakan uh, uses emojis. Uses, uses emojis. emojis, and he just gave you like an. And he was like name. super friendly and you know handsome, and I was just like, oh, he's a star. Yeah. You're amazing. Seems like a great guy. Let's just talk about David Lynch for an hour. Who's and they been bought here? me a, a, a Barada. Ooh. Barada. Did? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Who's been the biggest nightmare you've profiled? <laughs> I've never had. I mean, I had to write. <laughs> I had to write a Brooklyn Mag cover story for uh, Ellen Page, and it was over the phone. Uh, so I had also, 45 minutes over the phone with Ellen Page on like eight o'clock on a Saturday morning because she was on vacation. <laughs> oh my God. And I was just like, there's no way I can get anything good out of her. Yeah, no, so no, I no. had to like write Ellen Page as a cold and just be like, well, when you talk to a celebrity, you think you're cool. And like, actually, it's not that glamorous because they're just on the phone. I have an idea. I, whenever, I, that's a good person. Whenever anyone asks you that question again, I have a good answer for sure. you to give. Say the green M&M. <laughs> because she's exactly what you think. Really stuck up. <laughs> is that BB Newworth? Is it BB Newworth? I think BB Newworth is the voice of it. I love that. Oh, is she? I think so. Oh my God, she must be making a lot of great <laughs> Mars bar money. I'm really happy yeah. for her if she's making that Good money. Good for her. Though. Okay, I think it's time. I think it's mm. time to move on to I Don't Think So, Honey. Yes. Um, and we've got a... Um, We've we've got an expert in the form with us. He's yeah. he's judged it. So. Truly, <laughs> um, I don't think so, honey. Is our segment um, that we do every episode, and it's our one minute each to rail against something in culture that's really just bothering us. It deserves to be taken down. Mm-hmm. We should say that you should definitely come to our live show. I don't think so, honey. Las Culturistas live at the Bell House on March sixteenth at eight p.m. We have a great lineup amazing lineup okay so do you want to, i can go first do you want to go first i um have a topical one it is my birthday and i have a topical one. <laughs> and i have a topical one too but do, would you like to go first since it's your birthday you make the choice um i'll go first okay so this is matt rogers's birthday i don't think so honey topical his time starts now i don't think so honey balloons when i am in a row with a balloon i have no idea what the fuck is gonna happen oh. i don't know if it's gonna stay floating ah! float to the ground and if it floats to the ah. ground guess what if i'm not looking and it hits a pin Pop, bitch. Oh. If a balloon pops, I will be so upset. If a balloon pops, mm. it is shocking no matter who you are. I don't care. And you know, last culture racist listeners, that I do not deal well with the shocks. I don't think so, honey. Sudden loud noises. I don't think so, honey. Horror films. 30 seconds. So I definitely don't think so, honey. Balloons. Let me tell you something else. Emotionally, balloons bother me because they... Signify a moment in my life when I was a young child and I went to TGI Fridays on an evening and my parents gave me a balloon for my birthday and guess what? I let go of the balloon and the balloon went into midair and I stared at it crying, crying, crying. I will never forget standing in that parking lot watching the balloon go. So I don't think so, honey, balloons. You can pop, you can fly, you can never do anything right. I don't think so, honey, balloons. And that's one minute. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Balloons popping are the great equalizer. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's shocked. It's true. Oh my God, you're right. You know what? I'm just, okay. I don't think so many balloons. Never oh. give Matt a balloon. I think that you would have you would be hard pressed to tell me I think so, honey, balloons. There, <laughs> there is no greater anxiety in the world than a helium filled balloon mm-hmm. that gets let go and floats outside and goes oh, yeah. all the way up in the sky. That's <sighs> Fucked me up as a kid. You I was like, where, I was like, where is yeah, it going? Where is it going? Where 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 like go? Everyone took balloons and sent them out and like they had like notes attached to them. No, that's like one that. side. That it's is called littering. Actually. Thank you. It's called exactly littering. What I was yeah, say. you know what? Hey, little kids, it's called littering. Yeah, I didn't come up with it. No. You're littering the sky and the fucking earth because it'll fall down. Yes. And I'll tell you one other thing. After a party, when all the balloons are on the ground and you have to do that thing where you pick up the balloons and you kind of squeeze them to make to 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 pop them. 
and you never know when enough pressure is going to be enough. So you're standing around like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And you really don't know when it's going to happen. Guess what? I have a really good um, life hack for that. What? Just get a pin and pop them like that. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was oh. would normally do. Oh. Okay. Um, that was beautiful, Matt. Happy birthday. Thank you. Okay. And this is Bowen Yang's Matt Rogers birthday. Um, this is so <laughs> funny. I, I, I shouted out George Severus on this podcast and he just texted me. Oh my God. Hi, George. I'll, I'll tell him love you, you said hi after. He's a wonderful new friend. Great new that friend. That we have. And everyone should check out George. He's a very funny stand up. So funny. In the New York area. Um, okay, this is Bowen Yang's I Don't Think So Honey, and his time starts now. I Don't Think So Honey, Dear Basketball. What the fuck was that short animated film that won the Oscar? So that means Kobe Bryant uh, has an Oscar, yeah. and we're going to give him that in the year of Me Too, which no. is so fucking ironic. It's disgusting. It is the opposite of delicious irony. It makes me want to hurl. I don't think so, honey, Kobe Bryant, for obvious reasons, but I don't think so, honey, Pamela Mackey, his fucking lawyer at in Eagle County, Colorado, who intimidated witnesses, intimidated <gasps> the accuser so that she didn't testify in court, so the charges were dropped. <sighs> Kobe Bryant is a fucking rapist. Rapist pig. And that, 15 seconds. that animated wow. short sucks. It's a self-congratulatory letter, and it's a retirement announcement that, oh my God, oh my God, it's the, there's, it's, so bad. Let me shout out the amazing other nominees. Garden Party, an amazing, amazing uh, animated short. And that's one minute. They will, we will never hear the other ones. That wow. was the, well, that was the that was the one that I wanted <laughs> I to get out. That the was most. your front runner. Garden Party was for the okay, front runner. Lou by Pixar was the was the close second. I can't believe that one. I can't believe that one. I can't believe that one. The only person on Twitter who like appropriately, the only Twitter figure I'll say who like appropriately like was enraged at this was Roxanne Gay. She was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I was like, yes, like where, why aren't the rest of us like <laughs> this? Roxanne Gay gets wild on Twitter. I love She's Roxanne. Give me Roxanne every day. I have to read her new, her new stuff. Um, okay, Tyler. <sighs> yes. That was brilliant. That was good. I think we've had two really good ones. We've had two oh, good ones. Shit. I think Tyler was telling me today, are you going to do what you said you were going to yeah, do? And, yeah. I, mean, I, I think. I've, I've been like, it's, this is the thing about <laughs> I don't think so. And he's like, John and I do them if we run out of things to talk about. <laughs> like when we, we went to, we went to London and Paris and we were in Paris and like, could only talk to each other. Oh, yeah, we just were like, what else do we talk about? We talked about the day. Okay. I don't think so. Honey, go Montmartre. Oh! I don't know. I love it yeah. as a way to pass the time. It's yeah, that's gorgeous. And you learn about each other. But I haven't done it in a really long time, so I'm rusty. So you, I'm like, it's okay. Oh, but babe, nervous. You're gonna, gonna do it now. Okay. This is Tyler Coates. I don't think so, honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Jennifer Lawrence is so authentic. <laughs> Shit. Number one, I believe that she tripped herself when she won that Oscar. No one can prove me wrong. Oh, oh my god. Just try me. Number two, she shouldn't have won that Oscar. It should have gone to Jessica Chastain. Miley Cyrus could have done the same performance. <laughs> I walked out of Silver Linings Playbook, a white woman in Chelsea yelled at me for it, and I'm not over it. Oh, 30 seconds. Number four. I don't know. Jennifer Lawrence. The, she told she said that she couldn't watch Phantom Thread. She turned it off after three minutes. Ew! Because she, A, she's a middle school dropout. She's self 
educated. Uh, Number two, she only did that because she's still mad that she broke up with Darren Aronofsky and now he's dating someone younger than her, which I'm just saying wow. the writing was on the wrong there. Like, five, five seconds, seconds, absolutely. Don't date Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> Watch a couple movies, bitch. I'm sorry, mother was bad. That's one minute. That's one minute. Okay. I'm sorry, mother was bad. Miley Cyrus could have done Silver Linings Playbook is a true gag for you to say. I disagree. I do believe I do believe that Jennifer Lawrence was great in that film. No. No, I'm so team Tyler on this. She's quirky. The whole scene, like, first of all, everyone has trouble. Well, I guess you could. You, you could, said you like Jennifer Lawrence in that movie. No, I've told you that I, I hated Jennifer oh. Lawrence in that movie. L- listen, here's the thing. Everyone has trouble pointing out, like, you know how every Best Actress movie, like, in, in the clip, mm-hmm. it's like, everyone has trouble picking out a clip for that movie. And it's not, it, it's either her going up to Bradley Cooper being like, uh, so, so what if I'm a slut? I like that about myself. That mm-hmm. part. Or the other part is where she goes and, like, schools Robert De Niro and all these fucking Philly stats. Right. I can tell you the clip. I didn't make it that part. But that, that, just that whole scene, I'm, it's just so, like, you see the, the wheel, the gears turning in her head. The, no, the clip is, he's harassing me! He's harassing me! Miley would have done better. No, she yeah. wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, she that would. was, she gave a really good, panicked, anxious performance there. And I, I think, think that it was performative because it was the character was doing it on purpose because that's how she gets a rise out of people. And when she saw that she saw herself in him and his reaction, I thought that was really good. And I thought it was a good romantic comedy performance. My I, thing I'm with, a, I'm yeah. a apologist for her. She tur- my thing, my tell with her is that if you see her in an award show and she tries to read off a teleprompter, she has nothing to <laughs> offer because she relies on editing and a director to tell her what to do. <gasps> and usually he's telling her to play a 40 year old. I just want to say her like holding a, cla- a glass of white wine last night and like walking over oh, rows of yeah. seats. I was like, her publicist told her to do that. That's walking the thing. I'm just like, <sighs> just, she's like walking over she's rows of seats. climbing over the seats. She's climbing yeah. over the seats. Oh. And I'm just like, Jennifer, come no on. No one was in her way. It was an empty she, auditorium. She was doing that just yeah. because she was on display. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know what? And we celebrate Jennifer. Because we celebrate culture. <laughs> I've never, I have not said anything negative about Jennifer. I, I can stand Trust unscathed. Trust me, I toned that one down a little bit okay. after our last conversation. So it wow. could have been worse. Um, I loved, I loved this. <laughs> Fabulous. This was so fantastic. The most cultured guest we've ever had on. Uh, everyone else, this is confirmed. Wow. Everyone we've ever had on is garbage. <laughs> Tyler, thank you so much for having. Thank me. you, Tyler. This was it was very fun for yes. us. Very fun for us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for. And thank you for being here on my birthday. Oh, you're welcome. Yes. It's the gift that I could only give you. Absolutely. And how old am I? 19. Why do you ask? Because when you're 19 <laughs> and somebody tells you that they love you, you got to believe that. And when you're 19, then love lives the world. Bye. <laughs> Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original Dog. podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and 
all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich man Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts <laughs> 